Here's a message from Ken Lavica. If the Dolphins were a person, they'd be living in an alley behind a dumpster with a meth spoon sitting next to them. They have truly hit rock bottom. Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Sweet, merciful Christ. I don't even know how to navigate my way into the week. To start Sunday like that yesterday and just be in a fog and a haze the rest of the day, I should have just kept drinking tequila. Ken Levick alive with Theo Dorsey on this Monday here on ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Theo, uh, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. We are in the Anna John Levine Action and Attorney Studios. Downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off the Intracoastal, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we have Captain Competent, Joe Rigotti. He will uh, help drag me through this next hour. Uh, Theo, I think I hate football. Like, I legit think I, <laughs> I hate football. You wait months and months and months. You go through uh, the, the mini camps and the endlessly long training camp, and then you have hope, and in the Dolphins' case, you have expectations, and then six weeks in, you're ready to tear the whole thing down. Like, I legit, especially after yesterday, watching the Dolphins lose to the Jaguars the way they lost to them, the, the, the fact that the game was even competitive, uh, the fact that I think Brian Flores has lost any ability to coach. He has no wherewithal when it comes to game situations. Uh, and, and there's other fan bases out there that are frustrated. But for me personally, six weeks in, like I'm done. I don't want any th- any part of this anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. surprised that you thought they were competent enough to have a meth spoon next to them. I, I would think they would choose a fork. <laughs> Just I would go think that straight up fork. They make so many bad decisions. They uh-huh. would have a fork. Why well, like want the lighter work on the, <laughs> on the fork? Like, this is just this is absolutely miserable like this truly is for the Dolphins I've been down here since 2007 okay uh, and that was the year they went one in 15 mm. under Cam Cameron and celebrated the overtime win over the Ravens like they had won the Super Bowl that not even that is this this is rock bottom for the Dolphins the last time I can remember feeling as hopeless as I do now was maybe the Tebow game when they came out of nowhere, beat the Dolphins in overtime, and you knew that all of the good faith built up from the Tony Sperano 2008 playoff season was dead and that Tony Sperano was soon going to be on his way out as head coach. That was embarrassing. That was inexcusable. That was incompetent yesterday, what the Dolphins did. You had a chance to step on the Jaguars' throats multiple times. You settle for three in bad situations. On fourth and short, you're punting. Then on fourth and short, when you need it, you're running asinine run plays out of the shotgun against an offensive line that can't protect a damn thing, and then you lose. To a team that's coached by Urban Meyer, <laughs> Mr. Grindy himself, the, 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 the same guy who admitted last week that They hadn't worked on quarterback sneaks, so that's why Trevor Lawrence wasn't doing that in a game. You lost to that team. Oh, yeah. By the way, 
The same team that hadn't made a field goal this season up until yesterday, and then they ding you for multiple 50-plus yarders, including the game winner, after you called a timeout to give them a chance with five seconds left to run a play. (laughs) A throw to the middle of the field, then you proceed to touch down that receiver with two seconds left instead of letting the clock run out, giving them a chance to kick that field goal. It's mind-boggling incompetence <laughs> from the Dolphins. Like, this truly, Theo, is rock bottom. The whole thing. They were ill-prepared for mo- multiple moments there. There was that bad Tua interception. There was, again, that soft coverage they played, and then they didn't – they touched the guy down. That's what shocked me the most was that they didn't let, let the clock run out. Let him roll on the ground. I yeah. don't care. That let was... him barrel roll. Don't touch him. But you know what I did like? I loved how aggressive the Jaguars were throughout the whole game. Believe the Jaguars. They suck. <laughs> like, they, there's a reason that they should have the longest losing streak in the history of the NFL. They can't do simple things well. Big play, penalty. Short hop, an eight-yard pass. No protection. Get Trevor Lawrence sacked. Completely lose a tight end every play. They don't do anything well because they're coached poorly. And the Dolphins still lost. And Brian Flores, everyone's favorite, bring your Patriots way uh, ideals down to South Florida. He was outcoached at the end by Urban Meyer. Mm. Like that might be the thing that stings most. Brian Flores was outcoached by Urban Meyer. Now, do you think who's who's quicker? Who's more on the hot seat between the two of those two guys? Because that looks like the game where it's like whoever loses is like well, surely out. This Urban's year. seat is more hot because there's a girl grinding on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, I, that'll raise the temperature a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little body heat in <laughs> there. Getting hot in here. Uh, but Brian Flores, I, I am starting to get to a point where I'm not sure I have any confidence in him at all, which I can't believe. I mean, midway through last season, I'm yeah. like, this is a future NFL coach of the year. And then I started seeing what he was doing with Tua, pulling him out of uh, close games in the fourth quarter, uh, something that in the coaching textbook, uh, it's not in there because it doesn't exist, because it shouldn't happen. But it was Brian Flores, who so you have blind faith in him because he came from New England. And mm-hmm. so, hey, he's just sending a message and teaching a lesson. Except, like, there's no lesson to be taken from that. And now, you had a really good performance from Tua. And this is one thing, and Theo, you brought it up right at the interception. Guess how much that hurt the Dolphins? Zero. Because the Dolphins got the ball back, and you want to know what uh, Tua did right after that? Orchestrated a 90-yard touchdown drive where he went 6-for-6. Six six. Mm. And it was good. I, I mean, th- that's the thing. Like, what we what we have turned this into is that if two is not to blame, then we don't know what to do because two is such an easy target for criticism of the Dolphins. How dare you focus vitriol towards Brian Flores? And it was Brian Flores who lost lost that game yesterday. But it's also maybe more Chris Greer, the general manager, for putting together a roster that we actually don't think now is very good. Uh, it, it, he completely miscalculated what he had. When he moved up to six to get Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, every NFL team has a Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Jalen Waddle's a good player, but he's not number six worthy. That was a that's very high to pick a guy like Jalen, especially the way that they're using him. It's like maybe he could be a little better, but even when he went deep and right. threw it into double coverage, it's like, is that his style? Right. Like, he's not right. Jamar Chase. And then Jalen. Uh, most of the time, though, for, for Jalen Waddle, it's, hey, run a three-yard out, yeah, and we'll find you. Like, what is that going to do? How does that stretch the defense at all? Like, Jalen Waddle is Devon Best with speed. Like, that's what this is. This is that, that's what he is in this Dolphins offense. The whole thing is a trash bag. 
The whole thing is uh, a, a completely unextinguishable conflagration. It is on fire, and it is uncontainable. The Dolphins are bad. They're the worst team in the NFL. Mm. This is, in my 15 years down here, this is rock bottom for the Dolphins. When have you had a team, Theo, that has been absolute rock bottom where you're like, this is the most miserable feeling because I'm there right now with the Dolphins? Well, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, so not very far away from those Dolphins. I feel very similarly. I felt like that for the past couple of years, actually. I was going to say, I think the Canes have hit rock bottom. And then they've continued to navigate that yeah. bottom. They've never been able to actually like make an ascent. Maybe last year through the first eight games, they sort of climbed up the cliff wall and then they slipped and they have since face planted back into the canyon. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 impressive to me. You know, if you think about the Canes ascension when they did it back then, it's like where they rose up and they just kept rising and kept winning. Now we've done the opposite, and I think it's maybe us paying our dues and now we're just Back in the cellar where we started. In fact, the Canes are mining right now. The Canes are <laughs> underground. They are coal mining. Like, what are we looking for point? down there? Right. Yeah. What are we looking for? Guys, we haven't found coal <laughs> in five years. I think we're tapped out here. Uh, when has your team, insert team here, when has your team hit rock bottom? And how do you navigate through it? Because I'm there now with the Dolphins. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. When has your team hit rock bottom? And how did you as a fan navigate through that? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I went into yesterday morning thinking that there was a possibility the Dolphins could be beat by the Jaguars. Like, you you know, you, you think about it, you daydream a little bit, and then you're like, ah, no, 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 no. I don't have room for bad thoughts in my head. Think positive. Uh, you can you can think it into existence. Uh, make a vision board of, of Jalen Waddle spiking a football, and you'll be okay. But then, as the game progressed, and I tweeted it early in the second quarter, at KLV1063 on Twitter, I said, surely... Those two goal situations where the Dolphins settled for three on both won't come back to hurt them because I just knew. And I had multiple people tweet back at me, not against the Jaguars, not against the Jaguars, but it happened against the Jaguars. The Jags are flat out the worst NFL team I've ever seen. I have not watched much Jaguars football this season because I've spent all of my time making fun of Urban Meyer, but watching them in person was even worse than I thought they were. And the Dolphins lost to that. Like, there's no coming back from that. Uh, it's early. It's one in five. No, no, no. The season's done. <laughs> it's over with. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Just like the Kane season was over after they lost to Michigan State. Forget the fact that they, they hadn't even played any ACC games yet. You just know. Mm-hmm. Like, when you know, you know. And you felt the same thing when they lost at home to Michigan State. It was done. It was done, though. And it was, like, almost to a point where it's like, do we have to play the rest of the season out? Yeah. And I think the Dolphins still have to play 18 weeks, Uh King. Yeah. We're just getting started. The death march continues. (laughs) Absolutely. And then you have Jerome Baker, who in his press conference is like, hey, we're young and we're hungry. Just hang with us. It's early. Jerome, no. No. It's not early anymore. We're six (laughs) games in. Just because it extended to an extra game this year doesn't mean that it's still early. No, 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 no. After you lose to the Jaguars, you're not pulling yourself out of that. Like this, this team is done. And not to mention, you had a chance to win yesterday where Tua basically had Mike Jasicki and Jalen Waddle. Those were his only weapons. And the, the other guy that looks like Mike Jasicki, but I can't. Yeah. All right, here. Let's reword it. You have, he had tight ends, 
one small receiver yeah. <laughs> and then an offensive line that refuses to protect him. He had no running game whatsoever, no support whatsoever, and should have won the game multiple times over. Oh, but that's the sign of Tua that he couldn't win the game for the Dolphins. What are you talking about? On the final Dolphins possession, he completed a pass for nine yards. They got a first down when they converted on fourth and one. And then uh, run, nothing. Throw on second down, drop. Throw on third down, six yards. And then you go forward on fourth and one. And you run it right into the right side of the line and get stuffed. There. Yeah, was that a read option or what no? Was that, that was that that play call came from the sideline. <laughs> run it out of the shotgun. So, as much as you want to blame for the the Tua haters want to blame yesterday on Tua because it's easy and you're simpletons. That wasn't on Tua. That was all on Brian Flores, and it's all on Chris Greer. Because guess what? Oh well, Ken, they're going to suck so much they're going to get a, a top five pick. Mm. Oh, wait, Jalen Waddell is the reason the Dolphins don't have their first-round pick. That belongs to the Eagles. They better hope, Jalen. And it looks like they manufactured those two touchdowns for Jalen Waddell. They better hope his season looks like it at least pans out. They need to do some PR on that move. It's going to be like 50 yards a game receiving and four touchdowns the rest of the year for Jalen Waddell. Like try and stretch the field, and then as soon as you get inside the 10, where's Jalen? Where's Jalen? We need to pump up his numbers. (laughs) We need fantasy uh, participants to love him. Yeah. When was your team's rock bottom? How did you navigate through it? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. We'll be joined in just a couple of moments by Marcel Louis-Jacques. He is the Dolphins reporter, ESPN NFL Nation. Let's go to Boca. That's where we find Eric. Eric, you're on Ken Levick Alive with Theo Dorsey. What's up? Oh, Ken and Theo, um, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, so uh, I've hit rock bottom probably, it's an infinite number of times, yeah. so yeah. basically being a Michigan transplant, also being a Dolphins fan, I'm seeing a mirror image mm-hmm. of what I grew up watching with the Detroit Lions, and it's pretty sad, so I, I don't even know, I mean, you could say 2008 going 0-16, but then it might even be worse when they're halfway decent. Nine and seven, yeah. um, you know, possibly can win a division and find a way to lose it. You know, losing three straight games after being nine and four. I, I could go on and on, but that's that's almost worse when the team actually shows some hope and then just completely falls apart. You know what? So Eric, I hope. I think yeah. that's a great point, and I was thinking about that this morning. I think this feels worse because you thought the Dolphins were going to be mm. good, and it's not just yes. that they've struggled. That this has been a plummet. Like this has been a the parachute didn't open type of scenario. And by the way, Eric, just uh, j- just so you feel better about the one in five Dolphins, your previous Lions are the only team in the NFL that have not had a lead during any offensive possession here in 2021. I, and they should have won wow. two games too I on, on I last second field goals. <laughs> it's it's just mind boggling. Oh and six, one and five. At least we got Michigan. Michigan State should both both be undefeated in two weeks playing each other. That's the only only silver lining in that state right now. Eric, hang in there. Hey and be the good Florida transplant that you are. And that, that's a good point. When's the last time Michigan, Michigan State, maybe since the uh, 2015 uh, failed punt brought back at the big house for oh, a touchdown Michigan yeah. State win has this had as much juice as it's going to have. And that was a crazy ending. We can only hope for a game like that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But the, the Dolphins are rock bottom. Like, I don't know how much further you could go down without you flat out being in hell. Well, he called and it. And it feels like hell. Detroit. You could be Detroit. You could be Detroit. Detroit, 
is hell. <laughs> I was about to say. Detroit is the hellish standard. And then when you leave the game, you got to go back to Detroit. At least if you go to a Miami <laughs> Dolphins game, you can drive 30 minutes to Miami afterwards or whatever it is. And this is what I love about Theo. He's taking it that next level of petty, and that's why he's coming back. And by the way, uh, we are going to get to Petty Theo here. It'll be our newest Monday segment. Uh, Theo, who admitted to us that he's that guy who, when one of his friend's teams is struggling or one of his friend's fantasy teams is struggling, he will FaceTime them, not call them not text them but facetime them to rub it into them that is an extra respectable level of petty (laughs) and so we'll get to theo's uh theo's pettiness uh petty theo later on here in ken levick alive uh let's bring in uh marcel louis jacques nfl nation espn dolphins reporter and marcel thank you for making the time for us and i apologize that you are going to be experiencing me at my worst here today i hate to welcome you to the show under these circumstances but uh, just broad what the hell is happening right now? Why is this so damned terrible? You know, it's kind of funny, you know, listening to your conversation from earlier that we all thought the Dolphins were going to be good. And I, I just wrote about this last night that I think it's time to start adjusting expectations. I think we might need to come to terms with the fact that maybe the Dolphins are not a good team. You know, the, the, the key quote that I'm looking at is from defensive coordinator Josh Boyer, who last week told us that, you know, we are what we put on film. And what they put on film right now is a one-in-five team that ranks 29th in points scored, 29th in points against, yeah. that can't get off the field on third down, and, and that can't put their foot to the throat when they, in the rare occasion that they do have a lead. So I, I think it's start, it start about time to start looking at this team. Like, a, maybe we had the wrong expectations. Maybe we were in the wrong here. It's our fault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's our that fault. There's, but also, too, like I look at, and yesterday the, the thought kept crossing my mind as things like started to feel inevitable near the end. And by inevitable, I mean the Dolphins calling a timeout with five seconds left and allowing <laughs> Urban Meyer to readjust his game plan there. But this is such a bad miss about what they thought the roster was. And if the Dolphins were to have a terrible year, then you can just say, hey, it's fine, top three pick, except it's not because that pick belongs to the Eagles. Now, Chris Greer... I I don't know how he sustains this employment for much longer. Like they're they're in a spot where they're not only bad, but it seems like a long road to not being bad. Yeah, you know, I never want to advocate or or threaten the possibility sure. of somebody losing their job, but like you said, when you go all in on a season, you forfeit that first round pick and it becomes something in that top 3, top 5 range. So not only, like you said, not only do you have a bad year, but now you have a late pick in the first round. That is, generally speaking, that is a, a you know, a fireable offense. It, it, it is something, it is a mistake, a costly enough to lose your, your job in the wrong situation. And year three of, you know, what, what are we calling this, a five-year rebuild? Yeah. Uh, year five of a five-year rebuild? Like when, when you're clearly, we're all in on making the playoffs this season. You know, we're kind of in that we're kind of in that range right now, so it, it is a little uh, it's a little difficult. And uh, for a coach, you know, you can maybe use that excuse of you know, okay, well, we had injuries here, here, and here, we're struggling. But for a GM, you can't say, oh, this team got hurt because it's his job to make sure that when the team is hurt, that the depth is strong enough to keep the ship afloat. And this ship has been capsized for the past five weeks. And, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to flip that around. You know, and it's awful because I, I believe Brian Flores, I believe these players when they step to that podium and they say, 
we have been working our butt off at practice. We are grinding. Like, people in this room, like, they want to get this turned around. I believe that. But, again, man, five losses in a row. My colleague Dan Graziano had a great point. You know, they the, the win over the Patriots was by one point. Defense forced a fumble uh, at the end of the game. They earned that. They played a Super Bowl contender in Buffalo and lost by 35. They played a Super Bowl contender in Tampa Bay and lost by 28. Yep. Uh, they played two winless teams and lost both of them. They lost to the Jaguars. I, I could have just said that, and <laughs> yeah. the rest would have been obsolete. Right? You can't you can't lose to these guys. So I, I wrote, like I said, I wrote last night that we can't even look ahead to the Atlanta Falcons game as a get right game, like we looked at the Jags game as a get right game and the Colts game as a get right game because right now Miami yeah. is the get right team. <laughs> the Miami is right the team against. that teams are getting right against. Oh, That's man. actually so a great it, it point. Yeah, it, they, so they're it, that team. Not, uh, they are that team. So like, I, I, I believe it might be time to start adjusting expectations, man. Like, I, They're going to have to go on, an, on a, an unprecedented run here to make the playoffs. 111 teams in NFL history have started 1-5. in five. Three have made the postseason. Knew that number and was yes, going to be that's, bad. Yeah, that's not yeah, – yeah, yeah, that's what the – it drops to zero if they lose one more game. No team in NFL history has started one and six and made the playoffs. Man, so, I, I was already know. drinking. I was already drinking too much tequila on Sundays, and now that's just going to uh, rise to even more dangerous levels. Now, Marcel Louis Jacques again. You can uh, read all of his work. ESPN.com. He is the Dolphins. ESPN NFL Nation reporter. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Marcel underscore LJ. Hey, appreciate that, Marcel. And last, I have one last thing, man. What's worse, though, the Dolphins? Offensive calls and what they've been doing so far on the field on my golf swing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that might be a push, big dog. That's uh, your, at least your swing has got some promise, man. Your swing will get it done. It's salvageable. <laughs> that's right. It's salvageable. Your swing, your, your swing gets the ball for it. That's right. <laughs> uh, nah, man. I appreciate uh, appreciate y'all having me, even if it was essentially like a ten minute rant here. <laughs> no, but, it's uh, good. Thanks for having me Marcel, on. that's what we do. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Peace. Definitely, man. Looking forward to it. All right. Marcel Louis Jacques again, NFL Nation, Dolphins reporter, ESPN.com. That's where you read all of his work. And again, at Marcel underscore LJ. Uh, none of none of that made me feel any better, and yeah. I think that I mean he's around it, and I don't know. Brian Flores looked defeated yesterday. That's the thing. Your fearless leader looks like he's out of answers, and for the last three weeks, it's been the same line, the same line for the last three weeks. It's on me. It's on me. It's on me. In fact, uh, let's let's hear from Brian Flores uh, from yesterday because, again, it's the same line. And every time I hear this, I'm just like, that is such loser talk. And that's how you know that a coach has run out of answers. Uh, that starts with me. I'm not doing a good enough job of getting these guys ready to play. I'm not playing consistently enough. So we're not coaching well enough. And we're not playing well enough. And... You know, that's we're just not playing consistently enough. I mean, it's in spurts. We had a couple, some some positive plays, some consistent you know ball you know, in the second first half, um, and even a little bit in the second half. But we're just not putting it together, um, and that 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 starts with me. Like when you hear a coach say that stuff, it's on me. It's on me. They're not prepared enough. That's on me. You only hear that from coaches who know that things are right now without direction. That doesn't make me feel any better to hear the head coach say, it's on me. Cool. I appreciate the accountability. <laughs> but when does that, when, when do, does your adjustment 
start to bring some sort of competence to the table. What can he say, though? I mean, you're right. That's what coaches say when they have nothing left like, to say. That's loser talk. But what can he say? What can, they just lost to the Jaguars in London. They made us wake up. They made us set our alarm clocks on a Sunday morning for 9.15 to get up and watch a 9.30 a.m. kickoff local time. Wait, what, what time do you usually get up on Sundays? Did you re- actually set an alarm I had to set an alarm clock for sure. Are you a late sleeper? Well, you know, also, it's Saturday night. I'm on WPTV. Oh, yeah, good call. 5. You're the, working you know, I'm, late. I'm working until – I don't get home until like 12, 30, 1 oh, o'clock. Oh, I got you. You know, so it's a late night for me. I had to set my alarm to watch that Dolphins game, and then they got off to a good start. I said, two is looking confident, man. Yeah, yep. And, and then, then you, you saw what was uh, – you just felt it. You felt it. Felt what was going to happen. Brian Flores got mm. outcoached by Urban Meyer. It was the Raiders game all over again, but quicker. <laughs> but, qu- <laughs> but quicker, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, was, it was a quicker murder yeah. than uh, the long, drawn-out murder that took place. When was rock bottom for your team? We're just talking, we're Dolphin-centric here because me, my experiences, my life right now, and my name's on the show, the Dolphins have hit rock bottom. I've never seen that. Not even 1-15. in 15. It is absolutely because there were expectations, and so and how fast this has plummeted. Why this feels so damned bad? This feels miserable because of that. The one in fifteen season, it was laughable. It was funny. It was <laughs> man, do they suck? Like against the Patriots when Randy Moss caught a touchdown on a Tom Brady jump ball in the right side of the end zone, and two Dolphins ran into one another, and both of them tore their ACLs on that play. Like, it wasn't funny for them. But as a fan, that's funny. At least you can say, well, we're terrible, so that's what happens. Now, it's like, wait, we thought we were good. And, oh, but they're injured. The Ravens have had more injuries, and they've lost one time. And they have the MVP candidate, the MVP leader, as their quarterback, and they're well-coached, and they're well-constructed. Shocking what happens and how you can overcome when that actually happens. It's rough, man. It's rough. And we really did. Like, coming into this season, we're thinking 10 wins. You get lucky, you maybe slip into 11 wins. Can you contend with the Bills for the division? Like, you're hoping for a wild card spot. And now it's like, uh, we don't have a first-round pick. Or, I don't want to say we, but I'm saying in their position. They don't have a first-round pick, and they have no shot now at getting Mm -hmm. to the playoffs. It's in purgatory. Mm -hmm. They might go 2-15 and and not see any benefit from it. There is such a difference between happy tequila sipping Mm. and then... Angry, frustrated tequila drinking. Is it shots or do you pour it in a glass? No, 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 like- no it's in a glass. I'm, I'm sophisticated. <laughs> I'm too. I'm 37. I'm too old for shots, man. I can't do that anymore. But I'm saying when they're losing like that, oh, no, do no, you no, just no, resort no. to shots. No, here's the thing: if the if if the kids weren't around, I'd probably like just go from the bottle. <laughs> but but uh, I do need to have a modicum of uh, of senses left. But man, yesterday it started with. Mm. Oh, this is good. Kick back in the morning. Because, by the way, we did our whole show Friday on whether or not it was acceptable, 9.30 a.m. on God's Day, mm. to, to drink tequila. At, again, 9.30 a.m. Mm. And I don't know what this says about the listeners to the show, but it was a resounding yes. So I decided to go with it. And I so, love your, your listeners, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I, I mean, uh, they, it, was, it was unanimous. Yeah. Like, there was not any detractor. It was <laughs> unanimous. Um, so I'm like, this is good. And then by the third quarter, it's just like it starts to get angry and the gulps start to get more, more plentiful. And, uh, and it's just it's, angry tequila drinking is not a good way to go. That's, that's how you hurt yourself the next day. I'm yeah. telling you, that's how you hurt yourself. And, and the dolphins are going to hurt me. They're going to hurt me. They've already hurt me. But like tequila drinking hurt, which is a whole different level of hurt.
You got to check your liver out, man. <laughs> By the end of this football season, we're going to have to get you scanned, the liver yeah. scan. I don't know uh-huh. how they do those things. but <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure there's a blood test or two that Somewhere. they can use to, uh, to, to measure my, uh, my liver function. Yeah. Uh, what was rock bottom for your team? How did you navigate it? The Finns are there. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. In West Palm, it's Carl. Carl, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Carl? What's going on, man? I can honestly say, next to Detroit, Mm -hmm. my Chicago Bears have got to be the most dumbest team in the NFL. (laughs) Explain, Carl. Okay. We go out. We get a franchise quarterback, questionable. Mm -hmm. And then we get all of these wide receivers, and we keep getting wide receivers, and the weakest point on the team other than quarterback is our DBs. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten anything. We haven't tried to go get anything. And then we got a coach that couldn't coach his way out of a wet paper bag if it was dipped in ocean water, and we're still <laughs> losing. I mean, you're down in the red zone, and instead of kicking a field goal to tie the game, you, you're throwing dumb passes like, who does this yeah, I, consistently I, yeah. every single year? Yeah, every year. And it, it, that reared its head again against a team that you never beat on your home field yesterday in the Packers. And, Carl, I appreciate the call. Uh, the Bears are, I mean, they're they are bad. Mm. They had a 47-yard offensive performance earlier this year against Cleveland. But they're not rock bottom. And there is hope because you at least feel like there are some pieces there and – I don't know. Matt Nagy probably isn't the guy to lead Justin Fields into the future with that Bears franchise, but you feel like there's someone that could come in and take the reins and help Justin Fields because Justin Fields shows signs. Yeah. Like he, he's got something. There's definitely something there, especially the way that he can survive and then make something happen. But it also brings us to a great jumping off point because the Bears yesterday got owned again by the same guy who has been owning them for 15 years now, and his name is Aaron Rodgers. So we'll keep talking about rock-bottom teams, but I also want to discuss teams that own you. Teams are players that own you and your team, because we've all been there, Mm. and Bears fans yesterday got owned again by number 12. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. He's hanging out with me on a Monday. Captain Competent, Joe Rigotti. I'm Ken Levicka. We're live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. The Dolphins are indeed rock bottom, but we did dive a bit into the Detroit Lions. And again, the Lions have not had a single offensive possession this year that they've had the lead. I, that's incredible. And and at least Brian Flores hasn't broken down in tears Yeah, at the postgame podium at any point. Not that there's anything against that and men should be able to show their emotions, but that all seemed a little... Staged. He's a very emotional dude too. He starts the season. Because he, he drinks so much damn coffee, man. <laughs> As I sip some coffee. <laughs> no, he starts the year off talking about eating kneecaps, and then he loses two straight, you know, game-winning field goals. And I get it. That'll uh-huh. bring you to your knees as a head yeah. coach to lose. And then two field. The first one was like a fifty-five yarder to Greg Joseph. Like, right. 
So, yeah, it, it's a little sad. I think that the Lions take the cake in most sports leagues as rock bottom. In oh, man, he is so, so mercurial because you're right. He went eating kneecaps, and I'm all <laughs> man, and I'm, I'm drinking huge Starbucks 19 espresso Jeez. shot coffees, and then you lose for a second straight week on a last-second field goal, and it's, <laughs> like, man, oh, man, bro, pick a wavelength. Well, like, that thing. is up and down. Very volatile guy. He's a very, But he wears it on his sleeve. He wears it on his sleeve. I still will never get over when he took over as interim head coach of the Dolphins and the day, the day he took over, they're running Oklahoma drills. An NFL team running Oklahoma drills. I thought for sure DeMora Smith was going <laughs> to fly down to Miami and put an end to that immediately. <laughs> that, that it, it, like... Dan Campbell, I appreciate the guy, but he's not cut out to be a long-term answer as a head coach because he ran Oklahoma drills with an NFL team. You don't do that. That's a bold move. That's what Howard Schnellenberger (laughs) did with FAU teams 15 years ago. Not what Dan Campbell does with an NFL team modern day. That's insane. Ken LeVick alive. Theo Dorsey hanging out with us. WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. The FAU NBA Sport Management Program. They are the title sponsor of Ken LeVick alive. They're a partner. I don't want to use the word sponsor. They're a partner because we go in this together. And the FAU NBA Sport Management Program, they are allowing you to get into the sports industry so you can make your dream come true. I want to work in sports. I want to do all these things, but how do I do it? I hear that question so often, and I keep telling everybody, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program checks all the boxes. Sports is a business. Sports is vast. Sports is wide, and they cover everything in the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. It is a place where if you get your MBA in sport management, and you start looking for jobs, that stands out on a resume because there's such an illustrious history. 22 years they've been doing it. The professors, they're all in the sports industry currently. You're getting firsthand modern-day knowledge. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, they have had their students with the Dolphins, with the Panthers, with professional teams throughout the country, big-time college athletics, whether it's schools or conferences like the ACC, you'll find them everywhere because it delivers. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, spring semester courses. You can take them online or take them on campus in Boca Raton. That's fau.edu slash sport. That's fau.edu slash sport. the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Let's go to Twitter. What was rock bottom for your favorite team? Because the Dolphins are rock bottom right now after losing to the Jaguars yesterday. Shane Bartels tweets, the wasting of Tua by this awful Dolphins coaching staff. I have gone back and forth about whether or not Tua is being wasted. I'm not sure he's being wasted, but I think that he is having his career. um, It's going to end up really starting late. Because this is not the organization that he's going to find success with. Which is what drives me crazy about the, oh, you passed over Justin Herbert for Tua. Like Chris Greer's made a lot of mistakes. I'm not sure that's one of them. Because Justin Herbert with the Dolphins, what would he be? It would be the same conversations we're having now about Tua. Because this organization doesn't know how to groom a quarterback. This organization doesn't have any weapons for Tua to become a good quarterback. Is Tua dynamic? Maybe not. Is Justin Herbert a bit more dynamic? Sure. But Herbert is elite young because of what he's in in L.A. with the Chargers and the weapons that he has. He'd just be meh here. That's why I can't stand that argument. Yeah, it's a weird argument to make. But also, you know, a lot of things with these quarterbacks, unless you're like literally one of the greats, 
like it's a lot of situational stuff. Like, and if you're in the wrong system, if you're a team that's doing things like what the Dolphins do, like I don't want to bring up that play against the Raiders again, but when they're dialing up, oh stuff please like that, do. When they're dialing up screen passes on the one yard line on your own one yard line, and then getting safeties off of it, setting NFL records, it's kind of hard to be yeah. a, a good quarterback. Uh, by the way, speaking of Tua, I want to read you this photo tag from uh, the Boston Globe yesterday. Mac Jones was 15 of 21 for 229, but had a massive interception uh, that really put the Patriots in a tough spot in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter yesterday. And here's the photo tag. It's of Mac Jones, the photo, and here's the tag. Mac Jones was efficient. 15 of 21, 229 yards, and he didn't come unglued even after throwing a pick six. (laughs) So in New England, it's, Mac, he's our guy. Come into our bosom. We love you, Mac. Come here. Come come here to my warmth. Come here. I'm not going to hurt you. Down here, Tua makes a mistake like the interception yesterday that did not lead to any further damage. The Jaguars could not convert on it, and it's, Tua blows. What an asshat. That guy sucks. Like, the difference in how Mac Jones is handled with kid gloves. You know, have Chris Collinsworth fawning over him on NBC two weeks ago as he throws four- and five-yard passes. Like, Chris, just go and make out with him, dude. All right? I get it. You love him. You absolutely love him. I understand. Where Tua makes a mistake, and it's, up. Oh, he's trash. They, they blew the pick. Total trash. I can't believe it, and I still don't know what it is. I, I don't understand why someone like Mac Jones is just like pet, like a cat. Like, hey, hey, purr for me for me where Tua is just like kicked out to the dumpster it's so weird it is confusing and I can't quite put my finger on it either like uh, it's I don't even want to like go down to the easy part of oh they like the white guy that took over for Cam Newton in Boston like, yeah it's, it's part of it that. I'm sure but it's not all of that it's not even all of it can't be all of that because also in Boston when guys stink or when guys are average usually they're able to call it uh, out part of it is blind trust in Belichick yeah. I think that's part of it, too. Like, oh, Bill made the pick, so he must be right. <laughs> How's that going for him right now? Where he's got really good personnel defensively, and they're not playing that well. And it's his nepotism son who's running that side of the ball. I'm just saying. Mm. By the mm. way, kid, put your tongue back in your mouth. You look like a psycho. Yeah, it was a little weird. Like, what is he doing? A lot, of, a lot of things that's been happening with the Patriots have been a little weird lately, but like how they almost lost to a rookie quarterback against the Texans. Like, it's, I don't know, man. Bill Belichick looking a lot different these days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Big Punisher 305 says, losing to FIU was my team's rock bottom. Now, me being an FAU guy, I wouldn't know about that because <laughs> I never experience FAU losing to FIU. But hey, Canes guy, uh, that's who he's talking about. I know, I know. Was that rock bottom for the Canes when that happened, or had that already occurred? You know, it's definitely around it. You can't really – it's hard to pinpoint with Miami right now where that rock bottom really, like, started or ended or where we're in the midst of it now. I just know we're there still. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't tell you when it started, but I know it's it's felt like eternity. And yeah. it's hard I – le- I legitimately don't have any joy on Saturdays. I can't watch college football. <laughs> I have no joy on Saturdays. No joy. Saturday's supposed to be a great day. It's supposed, you know, sunrise is a little earlier on Saturday. <laughs> Everybody's out day drinking. Uh-huh. And I'm just in my house like, God – like, and then they give me hope every now and then, yeah, like in the North Carolina game. And well, then. that was like that was just a gut punch. And here's the thing: like what happened to Miami on Saturday is you're laying broken and bruised in a canyon 
Uh, and you've been there for like three years, right? <laughs> you fell off that cliff three years ago, and you've been sustaining yourself on the occasional rainfall and lizards that have run by. So you're just hanging on the life, right? And it's all ribs, and you have you have maggots that are trying to eat at your open wounds, and you've been fending them mm. off for like three years. And then the the Van Dyke interception, as it looks like your freshman quarterback is taking this huge leap. You're about to get a win that you deserve. You've outplayed North Carolina and then tipped, intercepted. <laughs> like what happened there with rock bottom with the Canes is like there was a rock slide and one rock just came down and landed straight on your chest and finally killed you. Yeah. That's what happened Saturday with the Canes. It just ended us. It's almost like, you know how like if you're stuck between a rock and your arms in there, you cut your arm off to get free. What was that movie with uh with what the, the guy who likes the young underage girls? Oh, uh, oh uh, James Franco. <laughs> oh, my God. Allegedly. Sorry. Allegedly. <laughs> What's like, that movie? I'm like, I didn't know Ari. You said James Franco, though. Yeah, James Franco. It's... Um, um, what what what? Uh, I don't know James Franco movies. Was he in like Twenty One Jump Street? Like I don't. Yeah, but he was. But but it's that that that's the plot. Which you say his arm was stuck in a rock and he had to cut it off. It was based on a true story. He cut off his own arm. Oh, was own it one hundred twenty eight days? One hundred twenty eight days. Yeah. I didn't know that yeah, was James yeah, yeah. Franco. One hundred twenty seven hours. One hundred twenty seven hours. How do you? One hundred twenty eight well, days. He's not surviving. Well, one hundred twenty eight <laughs> days is what our rock bottom in Miami is felt like. <laughs> but I will say, it feels like we cut our arm off. 127 day style, and then our other arm got stuck in another rock. Yeah, and we're like, yeah. oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do we do now? I can't possibly cut off my yeah. arm. And by the way, thank you to Cyrus for the 127 hours yeah. he's hanging out with us. You're right. Yeah, that's what the canes are. <laughs> it's James Franco in 127 hours, running, running, running. Good times, trail running. Oh God, my arm's in a rock. And then you you get up the guts to to make the tourniquet, and mm. you cut off your arm. And oh, and then you get out. And you're like, how brave was I? And then you like fall over, and your other arm yeah. gets stuck. And you're like, oh, God, I can't cut my arm off with my own teeth, and then you're screwed. <laughs> that, that is the perfect analogy for Kane's fandom. And that first arm cut off, that was us hiring my, Manny Diaz as the head coach. <laughs> and then now we're like, well, what now? Uh, and that that brings me real quick, and we'll get more into this, but but Ed Orgeron is going to be available after oh the season. Gosh. He says he's not going to coach anymore, uh, or he's not going to coach next year. He's going to take some time off. LSU and him are parting ways 21 months after he won a national championship. And, of course, on Twitter, Canes fans, ooh, maybe, maybe Ed Orgeron wants to come coach the Canes. Desperate. Here's the problem with that. One, watch your girlfriend or your wife. <laughs> Two... Uh, his he, Manny Diaz still has a nine-plus million-dollar buyout. Mm. You're Miami. You're not LSU. You're not paying Manny Diaz's buyout and then going to get Ed Orgeron. And if Ed Orgeron were to go to Miami, Miami better hope that he allows his payment to be what LSU is already paying him with that buyout, that $16.9 million buyout that LSU owes him. Because mm. if that's if he's not, Miami couldn't afford Ed Orgeron's right leg to come coach the yeah. Canes. And they wouldn't want to anyways. The administration there is like all out on the football program. So it's like, yeah, what, what are we going to do? Poor, poor, poor Theo. I, your analogy of what Canes fans are, it's been a long, desperate, starving, sun-beating mm. on you at the bottom of a canyon, rock bottom. Yeah. That's Kane's fandom right now. It is. And, and you know what? Every recruiting cycle, it like 
you feel like, oh, there's been a surplus of lizards that have come through, and <laughs> there's more rainwater, and, and you saw a helicopter. You're like, oh, a five-star helicopter. Uh, and then eventually that hope fades, and it goes back into the football season, and you start to starve again, and you go into a drought again, and then rocks fall on your head. Yeah, and, that's when, and at a certain point, you just got to let go. You just got to just, just go into the light. Yeah. <laughs> just, just step right into the light. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey hanging with me as well. Uh, he will be with me next Tuesday uh, at the Breakers when we have our RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl golf outing. Mm. Uh, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, by the way, December 18th, 11 a.m. at FAU Stadium. Hey, let me tell you about my good friend, Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Pat's going to be on tomorrow. He's our sports agent and sports law insider. But uh, Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys uh, in South Florida, looking for an attorney can be difficult because a lot of them are just out for themselves. They are out to make a buck. They are ambulance chasing. They are trying to take advantage. And, oh, yeah, I'll represent you. And here's the fees. Here's my cost per hour. At Lawler and Associates, one of the few places down here where uh, they are actually looking out for you. They want to make sure you're getting the compensation you deserve. Any personal injury matter, whether it's a slip and fall, automobile, motorcycle, boating accident, whatever the situation may be, Pat Lawler is looking out for you. He and all of the folks at Lawler and Associates Personal Injury Attorneys have decades of trial experience. They've been there. They've done that. They've encountered everything, and they want to make sure that someone has your back. It can be scary when you slip and fall or you get in an accident and you're injured and you don't know how to navigate through that, especially down here because they're are, uh, again, a lot of people just looking to take advantage of you. Uh, there's, there's there's hyenas all over the place down here looking to nip, nip, nip. Not at Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. They are looking out for you, and it all starts with that free consultation. They want to make sure they can do the best job possible for you, so that's why the consultation is free. All you have to do is go to wanttolawyerup.com. That's wanttolawyerup.com. Schedule your free personal injury consultation. wanttolawyerup.com. wanttolawyerup.com. That's Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Real quick, I want you to hear Aaron Rodgers yesterday after the touchdown that put away the Bears at Soldier Field. Aaron Rodgers never, ever, 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 ever loses in Chicago, ever. NFC Championship game, doesn't lose there. Uh, do or die game to go to the playoffs, doesn't lose there. Uh, no matter how good the Bears might be, he doesn't lose. No matter how mediocre the Packers might be, he doesn't lose. It continued yesterday. The Packers go into Chicago and win. Aaron Rodgers ran in the, uh, uh, the, the, the nail in the coffin touchdown yesterday, and here is what he had to say to Bears fans. I own you, I still own you, says Aaron Rodgers to the Chicago fans. And me as a Chicago win, I can't argue with it. For my entire life, not just Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers, but definitely Aaron Rodgers have come into Chicago and have slapped around the Bears and by extension, Bears fans. I can't tell you, my Facebook feed, every time the Packers come to Soldier Field, all my friends from high school, uh, and again, I went to high school in the Chicago area. It's gotten to a point where it's no longer Aaron Rodgers' hatred or vitriol. It's more, I knew that was going to happen. Like, oh. he has taken the football soul from Bears fans and from the city of Chicago. He owns Chicago, and he's right. So I think that there are football fans that are like, why would, why would Bears fans take that? Want to know why? Because Aaron Rodgers beat us into submission years ago, and now it's just, yes, master. That's, yes, sir. Please, can I have some more punishment? Like that—that's what oh, it is. It's man. like it's like S and M. 
football <laughs> where like we don't have a safe word anymore it's just yes master please please bestow bestow your sexual dominance right. on us you're incredible like that's what it's turned into he's right it's he so owns sad. chicago and he owns the bears that's so mean it's so sad when he did that my first thought was as a as a non like I, i'm i have no part in this i was like why why is he that seems so unprovoked he's like a bully mm-hmm. and because he knows he can and i feel bad because you're right there was no response from bears fans yeah yeah none <laughs> they were just like, oh, he, yeah, that's true. Just totally dead inside. Oh, my like, Please, sir, can we have more? Like, the wim- that's what it's The wimpy into. city. Not the windy city anymore, the wimpy city. It, it is. The, he's turned them into the wimpy <laughs> city. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers owns Bears fans. Uh, but everybody has a player or a team that owned their team. And for me, as a White Sox fan, this is going to be so random, and it's going to be, okay, and you're going into the, the minutia of baseball. But uh, A.J. Pierzynski. When he was with the Twins. I've never even heard of that just guy. To, I see, and I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> let, let me nerd out for one second. I apologize for this. A.J. Pierzynski, who was with the Twins, just dominated the White Sox, killed them, and then the White Sox went and got him in 2005, and then he led the, helped lead the White Sox to a world championship in 2005, and now he is part of the White Sox family. He, mm. he is forever known in Chicago as a White Sox after being the biggest pain in the ass, killing the White Sox for like seven years prior. It was such a weird dynamic. It had right? a happy ending, though. It absolutely had so a happy ending. So does this mean that Aaron Rodgers to the Chicago Bears? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Chicago Bear. Uh-huh. Maybe that's what he meant by I own you. They'll bring him in and give him part ownership of the team. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> now, I, I did see it theorized that maybe some Chicago fans should buy in on the, the shares of the Packers, and then they could say, uh, no, actually, Aaron, we <laughs> own you. That would be uh, who's a player that owned uh, one of your teams? I'm a Panthers fan, a Carolina Panthers fan, uh-huh. and Julio Jones is still in my nightmares, even from Tennessee. <laughs> I don't even have to get into the details, but there was a 200-yard game where he caught a pass over Luke Keekley and he literally, like, I, I think I cried. I cried. <laughs> Tears came to your eyes. Uh, Mark is in Pompano. Mark, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Mark? How you guys doing today? Good, buddy. So, um, don't really have rock bottom because for once my team is actually winning. The Bengals actually aren't doing bad and basically my entire fandom with the Bengals has been uh-huh. rock bottom. So I'm actually happy about that. But uh, I was calling to talk about the rock bottom of uh, the Miami Hurricanes because yeah. four weeks ago we were talking about, I mean, I'm a diehard Ohio State fan, but my brothers went to Florida State so I have a soft spot in my heart for them. Yeah, They got beat by Jackson State. <laughs> Jacksonville State. They have the same record as Miami, and they actually are picking up traction. So that's how I know it's going to be a horrible year for Miami. Money of Florida State beating them this year. Yeah, Florida State. You see, in Florida State, though, I appreciate the call, Mark. Like the, the last couple of weeks, they've had some results. They win and they beat North Carolina. Not just barely beat North Carolina, but went to Chapel Hill and pounded them. Because yeah. that's what Florida State does. Yeah, the loss to Jacksonville State, that's bad. But they've since sort of rebounded a little bit. And it is... It, it's recency bias, but it does seem like they're at least starting to become a bit more competent. That Miami-Florida State game is going to be real. It's going to be really competitive. And I think Miami might lose that game. Yeah. As stunning as it sounds. Uh, I just, I can't, I can't build it. I don't even want to watch that game. I can't, because if, if we lose to Florida State. That's miserable. On top of everything else this season. I know. I, I think, yeah. I know. I think I have to turn my uh, orange and green in. You're just going to turn it in? I think I might have Where are you going to turn it in? Just walk to the stadium and yeah. like toss it through <laughs> toss a gate? It, everything, yeah. toss it through. Uh, when we come back, Troll Theo is going to wrap us up here on a Monday. He is going to troll someone or something because he's the ultimate football troll that you don't want to mess with 
on an NFL Sunday. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Captain Coppin and Joe Rigotti, I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Troll Theo about to make his debut here on Ken Levicka Live. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Before we let Theo troll away, though, I need to tell you about Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. That's where I got my Kia K5 GT sparkling in the sunshine on the sixth floor parking garage where it gets super, super hot because there's no protection there here at Phillips Point. But, 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 but. It looks good in the sunlight, and that's why I love Greenway Kia West Palm Beach because they want you to have a similar car buying experience like I did where you go in and you find something that works best for you. For me, family was a consideration, but I also needed something fuel efficient. I don't want to be going to the pump every two days to refill my gas tank. Fuel efficient, this Kia K5 GT. Super fun to drive, by the way, with my Pirelli tires, but also plenty of room for the kids and all the toys and the headbands and all the girl stuff that hangs out and eventually accumulates in the back of the car. But uh, that's the type of car buying experience you're going to have at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach where they are looking out for you. I like to associate with people that have not only my back but everyone else's back. There's a common theme here and Greenway Kia West Palm Beach absolutely fits that mold. They have a credit clinic on site, bank representatives on site. Oh, but my credit's bad. I can't afford a new car. Well, think again because they're going to do their best to make sure that they are going to find a creditor that's going to take on your credit and you are going to have a comfortable monthly payment not something where you're awake at night wondering how am i going to keep this car how am i going to make this payment how am i going to work it into my monthly budget they get it it's tight times are tight i've absolutely been there and my credit i've had some real rock bottom moments there so do not let that deter you from going to greenway kia west palm beach greenway kia west palm beach.com half mile south palm beach international airport military trail in west palm beach they are going to help you find an automobile check out that selection online greenway kia west palm beach.com that's greenway kia west palm beach.com george mike and all the folks over there they have your back at greenway kia west palm beach all right, Captain Competent, the trolling music, please. Oh. Theo oh, Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, a man who admitted that he will FaceTime his <laughs> friends if their team is losing or if their fantasy team is struggling. Mm-mm-mm. Troll away, Theo. Who's in your targets on this Monday? Oh, Ken, I, I couldn't wait to do this, Ken, because I'm I'm almost pouring over with laughter. I know it's a little early in L.A. and there's like five Chargers fans in the world right now. <laughs> But the Los Angeles Chargers, what did you think was going to happen? Justin, he's better than Mahomes Herbert. Uh-oh. And the Los Angeles, and I'm going to make this quick and painless, almost like their offensive drives against the Ravens. Oh! They oh, lost damn. They lost 34 to 6. Uh-huh. 6 points. And and Ken, the funniest part about all of this, they're supposed to be contenders. They're supposed to be up there at the top of the AFC. Most explosive offense. Herbert threw for under 200 yards. Mm-hmm. You would think they had 6 points because they kicked two field goals, but mm-hmm. no, 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 mm-hmm. no. They still have the worst special teams unit in the NFL. How do they do this year over year, Ken? Has it ever been done where one unit has been the worst for five straight years like this? They are pitiful. It's bad. And if you're a Chargers fan right now, you have to be waking up thinking Tristan Viscano, he's actually kicking 66% on extra points this year. You know what's better than 66%? What's that, Theo? 68% is what? The Kimbe Matumbo. 
shot from the free throw line. You have a better shot of the Kimbe Mutombo <laughs> making a free throw than this guy lining up and making an extra point. And you think you're a contender in the NFL? Stop it. Everybody with the Los Angeles Chargers, the organization, I don't know how you wake up this morning going into your bye week thinking that you're actually going to contend in the AFC. He's not Patrick Mahomes. You guys aren't contenders. You're going to continue being a laugh of a franchise. And then also, I'm sorry, I'm yelling, but maybe I should whisper because I'm talking to like five fans right now. Oh, They don't even pack the stadiums. Oh, flex out of Theo. And that <laughs> is Troll Theo on this Monday. I did not see the uh, Chargers Justin Herbert Dikembe Mutombo Man. crossover coming. That was a hell of a debut right out of the gate. Theo Dorsey, Troll Theo here <laughs> on Ken Levick Alive. Real quick before we say farewell, let's get to our EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the weekend. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. Someday I'll stop calling it the coolest moment of the weekend and actually call it by its actual name, the coolest moment of the week. Here is, despite my Chicago upbringing, the coolest moment of the week, and yes, it is Aaron Rodgers to Chicago fans. I still own you. I still own you. Yes, it hurts as a Chicagoan that Aaron Rodgers would say mean things like that, but I have to put myself in his shoes. If I was as dominant as him, I would do the same exact thing. Want to know why? Because like Theo, I'm petty. (laughs) And that is your EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week. EDS air conditioning. Hey, Snowbirds, you're coming back down. You haven't run your air conditioning in five months. It needs a training camp, much like these NFL teams did. You need to make sure it's in shape. A lot of your air conditioning units probably aren't going to turn on. Want to know why? Because it's been too long since they worked. You need to get new ones. And the only place to get your AC matters taken care of EDS Air Conditioning, because EDS is yes. EDS Air Conditioning, they're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. That means they use the best equipment. They've been doing it since 2006 in South Florida, Palm Beach County, and the Treasure Coast. They're family-owned and operated, and they are working appointment windows around you. They know you don't want to be taken hostage if you have an AC problem and they handle your plumbing needs as well. They are trying to work around your schedule. That's rare in the AC industry. EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. You can go online, edsairconditioning.com, edsairconditioning.com, or you can call them. 561-316-8799. 561-316-8799. EDS is yes. EDS air conditioning because you don't want to sit in a hot, humid home. Nothing sucks more than that. Not even the Dolphins. 561-316-8799. 561-316-8799 or edsairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. EDS air conditioning. Theo, well done, sir. Appreciate you. And what a great trolling debut. Yeah, that's right. We'll be back right next Monday, and I want to make it even better. Man. I love it. I'll leave the charges alone next Monday. That's some good (laughs) damn radio. That's content, damn it. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Captain Confident Joe Rigotti, awesome job. I'm Ken Levick, and we've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.